Welcome to Women and Manufacturing, where accomplished women interview accomplished women, with your host, Andrea Olson. Well, welcome to the Customer Mission Podcast, and we are a part of the Women in Manufacturing series. And we're here to discuss subjects, topics, and bring to the table guests who have unique experiences, perspectives on customer engagement, customer centricity, and really everything necessary to help companies become more customer-focused. And today we have a really fascinating guest. Uh, We have Christy Weekman, and she is Vice President of Specialty Manufacturing Incorporated out of Saginaw, Michigan. And a little bit about SMI. Uh, SMI is a leading contract manufacturer specializing in custom-engineered silicone products from short-run to high-volume, prototyping, and new product applications across numerous industries, including medical, lighting, university, industrial, and veterinary. So welcome, Christy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, wonderful. Well, you know, today is kind of, this is the inaugural customer mission podcast, so we're going to be covering a wide variety of things. Uh, But first, would you like to talk a little bit about your background and, and experience just to get our audience in tune with what you do? Sure. Um, So personally for myself, my parents all worked for Dow Corning. So I was thrown into a manufacturing setting from a very young age. My mom was in quality control. My stepdad was an engineer. And they were always talking at home about their products at work. And it just interested me as a child. And so I've always been around that manufacturing setup. So as I grew up, my parents saw a need for small runs. People had such great ideas for silicone products, but there Mm -hmm. wasn't a company to fill those needs. And so they decided to start SMI, and actually we set up a little R&D lab in our basement, and we started making product. This led me to working for the business as we grew And so through high school, I decided um, I was actually going to go to school for business. And I I ended up becoming an accountant. But when I came to work for the business, I have always worked in a manufacturing setting. Um, Mm -hmm. during, During high school and college, I worked on the plant floor. And then I came up and started running the office. And so today... I work with our sales team and our engineers to make sure the customers get the products they want. Um, This has helped us not only from looking at, okay, what does this customer need, but for me personally, okay, how am I going to make this? How am I going to make our customers happy with this product? And Mm -hmm. that's how I got into a manufacturing career. You know, that that is fascinating because you're going from a – kind of very analytical, uh, left brain role in accounting to something that's, you know, maybe a little more abstract. I mean, understanding and defining customer needs and really examining, you know, sometimes the need behind the need can be, you know, even more challenging just because sometimes folks can't really exactly articulate what they're trying to accomplish. Um, oh, no. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And especially in manufacturing, you know, that's even a whole new world in and of itself. Um, and that environment just is, is fraught with complexity, uh, to your point from 
uh, not just can we make it, but can we make it cost effectively? Can we make it and, and actually make a profit? So it seems like you've got a, a really very unique uh, situation because you kind of see it from both sides of the equation. Yes, I've done both jobs, and that's where I fit in in our company. I work between those two areas. Um, our engineers are, hey, we're just going to make this project. And then our quality control is, but you have to make it good. I mean, this, is, this could be a medical product. It could be mm-hmm. a lens covering a light on an emergency vehicle. So mm-hmm. then I fit in, okay, let's make it, let's make sure we can make a profit on it, keep manufacturing in the United States, and then to make sure it passes everything that our customer needs, all those quality inspections, all, you know, all their tests that they have to go through. So I fit right in the middle there. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, would it be uh, too much as a stereotype to say that, you know, potentially those engineers and, and product developers that you work with, you know, are they primarily male? Yes. Um, most of the times it is. I'm one of the only women in the room. Um, My mom and I and my sister run this business, and Mm -hmm. if they're with me, we're usually the only ladies in the room. Um, I've had to learn to get past that at a very young age and um, expect that now. And what I've loved about the last 10 years is I'm starting to work with more women, and more women are taking a vital interest in whether they're creating the product or whether they're coming in on the validation side. Um, There's a lot more women out there in the manufacturing arena, and I love that. You know, and and that's an interesting point. I mean, it is a growing sector, you know, and we've been way far behind in manufacturing from a, a female representative perspective. But, you know, could you talk a little bit about, you know, a little further about that experience? Because, being a female, you can bring just a different viewpoint to something in an organization that maybe males traditionally don't see. Right. When I first started, I, I talked to a lot of engineers on the telephone, and email was just taking off, and um, they would come and talk to me, and they'd say, you know, could I discuss this with your boss? And so I had to learn very quickly if I got into that phone call and I projected mm-hmm. the strong knowledge that I did have about this process and what yeah. SMI could offer them, our conversations got a lot better. They would start sharing details. But it's surprising when they would get an email from me and they'd see as vice president, their demeanor mm-hmm. would change. That is changing nowadays, but it taught me to really listen to my customers, really see what their needs were, and don't always assume who I was talking to on the telephone because you never know if you're speaking to an operator who answered the phone or the president Mm -hmm. of the company. And so I learned very quickly, let's not take this personally, and I had to gain that confidence to be proud of what I did have to offer. And once I went through that, I really start treating my my customers like a colleague. And then when we can start having those conversations on that type of a level, that's when we really start getting issues sorted out and we can help them bring their product to life. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think more now that 
people are getting past that, and that's what I love. It doesn't. It's not always just me in a room. There's other women, and the men now are very open. They don't. They they don't care as much as they used to that you're a woman. They like working with anyone that has a knowledge of what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that stereotype it is great to hear. But that's. But I, you know, think it was really because it, early on, and this is, you know, probably not even too shy of two decades ago, that women in industrial roles were often in an administrative or secretarial position and not in yes. a leadership position. And yes. you know, this shift is is happening, though, albeit I'd say a little slower than maybe you and I would both like to see. But yes. it's nice that it's progressing. And, you know, do you feel that, you know, not only the fact that women are coming into the leadership fold and are being seen as leaders and, you know, as you mentioned in your example, you talk to somebody and they say, oh, well, can I talk to your boss? And you go, okay, you know, it's one of those right. situations. But it's more of the the difference of how a, a female can see a problem and in my mind, more effectively sometimes communicate with a customer because sometimes males take a singular perspective on a challenge or take a different role just because traditionally they've been trained to do so. And and what can a female do in that environment where you can see things and look at customer needs in a unique way just because of the way you're wired? Yes, I find females to be very detail-oriented focused Mm. on those details they can see things that sometimes my male engineers cannot and they bring just that organization women tend to multitask and they tend to do it well when Mm -hmm. you do that sometimes when I'm talking to the engineers they have a great solution to the issue that we have on the table but it's very complex I just find sometimes women can, no, no, you don't have to do that. If you do this and this, you'll get the same result and it'll work perfectly. Um, I don't know if it's from us having to run multiple areas of our lives Mm -hmm. or just being a little more detail-oriented than a male, but sometimes those simple solutions where an engineer may not think of that, or a male engineer, I should say, because I have mm-hmm. women engineer that I work with. Um, sure. But looking at that, sometimes it's so complex, and there is a simple solution. I feel women are very good at finding those solutions because we only have a number, a certain number of hours in the day, and a right. lot of times point A to point B, we need the quickest route, not so much a traditional (laughs) school talk route. Right, right, right. And so I feel that helps um, when we we have our meetings on a project. Um, All those voices come together, and that really helps us um, look at things and say, nope, this is the quickest way, this is the best way to do this, and this is the most cost-effective way to do this. Right, and I think to your point on on multitasking, you know, I I think sometimes, and I'm stereotyping myself, but, you know, women sometimes don't have the luxury of taking the long, slow path. And, you know, we have to go, all right, I've got five things to do, to your point, and I need to get these five things done within the next hour. So it's got to be the shortest path and solution that's going to take care of the problem. And it's a very practical approach, just kind of due to the nature of, of what we tend to take on. And sometimes and men don't don't have to really do that. 
Yes, and it forces us to be creative, and sometimes that's where the best ideas come from. When you're mm-hmm. under the pressure, you're like, okay, yep, I have to have these things done in this amount of time. You kick into that creativeness, and you do find very good solutions to things. And oh, yeah. I, I find that works well. In, I, I really think that that's one of the things that society is seeing also. Women can help in this industry. They don't have to be extremely strong to do these jobs anymore because right. they can find creative ways around that. And that's, and that's where we come in. We can, we can help. We balance that out and make a really good product in the end. Oh, I completely agree. You know, and, and the other thing that you touched on a little earlier was the insight into looking at a customer problem and analyzing it in a different way. And I think that that really ties to a mentality of service. I think that when we think about service, it's not just fulfilling an order, but it's looking at a customer's problem and saying, how can we solve this effectively, efficiently, and in a way that's going to be sustainable? And when we talk about customer centricity, you know, and that's that's kind of the goal of our podcast is the customer mission, that women bring to the table a perspective on service that maybe isn't as prevalent uh, within a traditionally male-dominated field. And so, you know, how do you see manufacturers leveraging the female perspective to start looking at engaging with customers in a more service-oriented way? Because I'm sure your organization, you don't just get that request and you go, okay, yep, we can make it, it's going to be X dollars, and it's out the door. It sounds like there's much more to that process. Right. I find, especially for me, the more detail I can get, the better. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes our, our gentleman engineer, they just they are like, okay, I've got the details A, B, C, D. This is what we're going to do. I mm-hmm. tend to, I want to talk to my customers. I want to listen what their device is if they'll tell us. That's extremely important, especially out on our plant floor. When I can go out and say, you guys, you are making this to go into an XY machine, and it's going mm-hmm. to be used in this application. When right. I know that and can share that, our people here want to make that device. They're excited about it. And yeah. I feel when I talk to my customers, that's how I service them better. I get to know them. I listen to what they want. I also, once they develop a relationship with us, they realize kind of how I like to do things. And we ask them, let us, let us be involved in the planning process with you. Um, you know, next time, I know this is what you want from a technical point. This is what you want your silicone to do. But let mm-hmm. us in those conversations. We will, let us guide you with our knowledge, too, to pick the best silicone, to tell you what will work best inside of your device, you know, as, as it's bending or causing, you know, creating a seal. And once our customers realize that, they realize the value that that adds. And it's just simple phone calls, but the more we know, the better service we can give them. And, I, and I, we are a firm believer that is one thing that we stand behind in our company. It is quality and customer service. Those mm-hmm. two things, they make customers happy. If, you're going to, if you tell your customer you're not going to have returns from us, and we guarantee we're going to deliver on time. Just them mm-hmm. knowing that, they always think of you. They come back because they know we'll help them. And I think that's what you have to do. A lot of times in the manufacturing setting, 
you know, they set it out to bid for five people, and mm-hmm. whoever gets the lowest price, they get it. But right. In, in medical devices and some of those critical other de- device industries, if you know a little bit about the product and you take the time to do some good um, communication up front, you can mm-hmm. help take care of any troubles you'd come to later on as this product does come to life. And mm-hmm. to, the, to my customers, that is worth it to them. They like those discussions. They want to work out the problems ahead of time so they're not dealing with them on the back end. And that type of service, I think, is what makes our company so strong. It, oh, it, yeah. Oh, I completely it, agree. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's many manufacturers that I think have lost touch with customers because so for so many years it's been order filling. Yes. And the market was there, the money was there, and there really wasn't a need to engage as deeply with customers as you do today. In addition to the fact that technology, and I know you know this better than anybody, has changed so quickly and so fast that in the past, customers used to assume the solution, right? They said, I know exactly what I need. I just need you to make it. And now when they come to organizations like yours and other manufacturers and say, this is what I think I need as a solution, it's so critically important for that manufacturer to bring to the table an understanding of what that customer wants to accomplish and say, you know what, you you thought that might be the solution, but there's actually a better solution out there or a better approach to handle the challenge that they're trying to face. And to me, that's the biggest question is we talked about customer service. We talked about quality, and a lot of companies to this day still tout these, but they don't reflect them in the actions and communication and engagement they have with customers. So really, right. is, is why is understanding and engaging customers so much more important today, in your opinion? Well, there's only so much detail you can get from an email, and you can mm-hmm. read into, um, oh, this is the tone of the email when it may not be. This is what right. they meant when they may not be. Just And I do a lot via email, but sometimes if there's questions, you can't be afraid that you're going to um, take valuable time from your customer with a quick phone call or I need some further explanation because we can help you. What about this? Have you thought about that? I feel that that two-way communication between us and our customer is so valuable. And as that goes through, the customers learn that this really helps. And I agree to your point. Yes, here we go. We've got our detail. But circle back and service them through some communication. Don't lose, especially in the day of automation. Everything's mm-hmm. automated. I mean, a telephone's oh, yeah. automated. Machinery is automated. But there's only so many ways that you can think if you're a robot, quite honestly. You need mm-hmm. to get into the mind of who's developing this product and service your customers that way. It makes a stronger product and it allows you where you might think they're meaning something as explained or as you discuss it, you realize, oh, this really has to do two things instead of what I was thinking it had to do. Um, you know, just- and, and that's an excellent point. Excellent point. You know, it, it really goes back to the definition of service. You know, we think about service as responding to requests, if you, if you genericize it. But 
real service is going the extra mile. It's looking beyond what you're hearing from a customer and understanding the true challenge that they're trying to face. Because sometimes we, we forget as vendors that we are not just filling an order, as I mentioned before. It's problem solving for a customer. And I'm, I'm sure, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is that, you know, that's not just going the extra mile and saying we're, you know, a thorough vendor and we really care about our customers, but it is building a true business relationship that has added value beyond the deliverable. And that's what makes your customers think of you the next time they have a project. These guys will help me with it. They're not just going to make that for me. They knew my first generation. They'll help me with the second generation, whatever their product is. And you have that background to build upon. And that's what I think some of the large manufacturing companies have lost. You don't even know what that product's going into. Where's the background? How can you help your customer through that next generation or just their next product that they decide they're going to invent? Once you build that relationship, you've got the foundation. You have a strong foundation, and they'll come back and think of you. Oh, they helped me with that project. I'm going to go see if they have Mm -hmm. any ideas about this project. And that Mm -hmm. is, it's the true definition of service. And customer satisfaction. They're happy, they'll come back to you. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I think it really has an impact, even though some manufacturers struggle with this, that price competition is diminished if you add this layer of value. And I'm assuming that you've seen that as well, where if you're thinking things through for the customer, if you're eliminating burdens on their business by helping them solve these problems, that they're, gonna, they're not going to be as price sensitive as they maybe were in the past. And the, also to the point is you, by doing this, take care of some of those costly expenditures that would come with issues down the line. You oh, can yeah. take care of it and make a good product from the beginning, and you can get some of that cost out of that product. So it works two ways. Definitely you want to give them a good competitively cost product. But they, they don't care. They might not care about a penny or two if you're higher mm-hmm. because they know the service they're going to get out of you. And the cost of shipping stuff back because it wasn't right when it hits your company's oh. dock is huge. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so if they realize we're not going to ever have to send anything back to this company, they are going to pay a little more. But it is well mm-hmm. worth it to them because in the long run, it's not just a piece price. If you look at the, you can't look at a piece price on a quote of when you're delivering product. But when you start having returns, it costs a lot of money. And when when organizations put all that together, they realize, yeah, this quote was much cheaper, even though the piece part was a little bit higher. Right. Oh, completely. You know, and and that's what I think some companies struggle with today is they might say, well, all our orders go through purchasing and purchasing doesn't see that. Or, you know, we do want to connect with our customers. We want to better engage them, but we really don't know how to go about, you know, effectively understanding what they need or going through this exercise because maybe we've never done it or haven't done it in decades. You know, how would you, you know, what recommendations would you provide to folks of how they can better connect and understand and, and more importantly, serve their customers? So when we have a new customer, we have created um, 
a list of questions that we ask them. We, and that builds getting to know them. Um, ask about their device. Ask about their product. What is it being used in? It only takes five minutes when you're, sure. when you're reviewing a drawing with them. So how will this be used? How does, does this product move in the device? Does it stay stationary? You know, what is this product's job? And that mm-hmm. way you get to hear what the customer is thinking. You get to hear their, how they're imagining their part working. We start with that. It starts with our sales staff right in the beginning. We have very specific questions we ask them about their device. And then once we do that, we make sure our whole team knows, hey, this is going to be a top to a bottle, and it's going to act as a cork, and it's going to seal. Whatever the device is, our whole team knows what it's doing. So Mm -hmm. purchasing, by the time it gets to purchasing, they understand they have a picture of the product, and they know what they're bringing in as raw materials to manufacture this product. Hey, I can't have this, I can't have this. They can source out. So it starts from beginning all the way to end. Our, our final inspectors, they know what this product's used for. They know what it needs to look like. But that type of a service can really uncomplicate a long process, and it helps our customers immensely. But determine what you want to ask your customers. Are you asking them all the same questions? Make a list. Make sure your sales staff, when they're going out and um, hunting down prospects, Ask those questions. Get to know the people. And, you know, customers love it when they say, hey, I had this idea and just thought you guys might enjoy this article. You can reach out to them even if you don't get that. They'll know you're Mm -hmm. thinking about them. They'll know that, you know, you might be able to help them someday when they don't need a plastic and they need a silicone. That That type of contact when you're working with them, it it just that's what you need to do for that area. Build yourself a list of questions and always ask them. Your customer might not know some of them, but if they don't, mm-hmm. that's something you can answer at a later time when their product takes um, the next step. But that's what we go through, and we work through that list of questions until everyone knows what this product is going to be so that we can service that customer. Well, you know, it, you're so spot on because it's actually – to me, that's the definition of building a customer relationship. You know, it's not about knowing their birthday or knowing their fiscal calendar year or anything like that. It's understanding, to your point, you know, what job is that customer trying to accomplish? You know, and the job isn't the dimensions and material of a component that you're going to manufacture. That's not the job. That's just a component that's going to help them accomplish the job of X. And every company needs to understand what that X entails because it's an opportunity for upselling. It's an opportunity for cross-selling. It's an opportunity for building a deeper relationship with that customer and building true founded trust and making you go from a vendor to a partner. And I'm sure you've seen that within, within your space as well, just specifically because of what you're saying. Yes. Yes, we see it all the time. I also see on the flip side, some, some companies, they don't want to go bother the customer. They don't want to talk to them about their devices. And they mm. struggle. They struggle being a supplier to that company. We see it sure. all the time. And we're like, well, just call them and ask. No, we don't do that. You know, we've got everything we need here. We don't want to bother them. 
And I think your, your, your company would run so much better if you would just take that little bit of time. But everyone does it their own way. I understand that. But if you service that customer in any way that you find that works for you and that customer, you will be better off in the long run. Oh, I completely, I completely agree. You know, as we're coming to a close here today, are there any, you know, final thoughts, ideas, suggestions, things that you would say as an advisor to another company? You know, what are the two or three critical things you need to do when you're thinking about how to better serve and engage your customer? I still and I know this is a left field question, so. <laughs> I still feel that customer service, don't cut back in your customer service areas. Don't cut back in whether that be a sales um, employee who goes out and talks to them. Get your people to know your customers, however you decide to do it and what works best for your industry. Everyone wants to automate, and automation is great, but there are areas where you just can't be either face-to-face or voice-to-voice over the telephone, you can't beat those communications. Knowing what your customer is doing and trying to help them speaks volumes about your company. And I can't promote that enough. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. You know, fundamentally, you know, what I'm taking away from that is everyone in the organization is in customer service. Yeah. Everybody. It's true. And, you know, once you, once you internalize that, that is the beginning of that transformational change. Yes. So, you know, just uh, just a quick plug. You know, are there any other things that our audience should know or hear or learn about uh, specialty manufacturing? Well, our specialty is silicone. If you need a silicone device, look us up. We've got a great website. Um, we've got a 360 tour of our facility that we can send out with our capabilities. Um, we injection mold, we cast, anything with silicone, check us out. We can help you with that. Anything from micro-molding to a larger silicone product. But we build relationships with our customer, and if that's what people are looking for, that's what we do for them so they can come see us. Well, that is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christy. This has been just an excellent talk. Uh, you know, I'm sure our audience feels the same. And I really want to thank those who are listening today to uh, the Customer Mission Podcast. You know, a lot of the subjects we've covered today uh, are is in my latest book called The Customer Mission, ironically so, uh, available on Amazon.com. Uh, and, of course, the website is thecustomermission.com. Uh, if you have questions, ideas for podcasts, you know, please share them with us. Uh, you can reach out to us anytime. Uh, we will have our next customer mission podcast coming up here in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. And, of course, again, this is Andrea Olson, your host for the Customer Mission Podcast, and we look forward to hearing from you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Women and Manufacturing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>